Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The wings are extra spicy for everyone this week. Oh, there's good tang in that sauce, man. I'm going to have more fried ribs. Especially Danny. Say what? This is Danny and Dusty on Super Week. Brought to you by George McCoy at Warren Allen, Attorneys at Law. Injured? Don't trust just anyone to something so personal. Call George McCoy at Warren Allen. Online at warrenallen.com. What's up? What's up? Danny and Dusty on 1080. Go, boys. Get it on there. Score. The Fan. That was Tom Brady, that last clip. He officially filed his uh, retirement peppers. Did you cry? No. No, our angel got his wings. He's flying up into the football heavens now. Hmm. Moment of silence. All right. Is that what that is? Yeah. Sad. That's weird. I could have sound that was the sound of him going to hell. Wow. Hmm? What? Jeez. I would say what did Tom Brady do to you, but... But you know the list. Yep, and that all makes sense now, <laughs> which makes him dug out. All right, uh, let's get to it. Um, it is our final installment. Let's get picky, Mr. Rust. Oh, I'm going first? Is that what you're saying? This is Yacht Rock. This is, you know what Yacht Rock this is? This is the Yacht Rock. Of the frozen tundra. Look at this. The only yacht this is on is on the Raiders pirate ship. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers pirate ship. I love this. All right, yeah, you want to go first? You can go first, Jeff Rust. All right, well, sure. Uh, so we got Eagles minus one and a half, right? Is that correct? I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to go ahead and go with, since uh, uh, all of the offers concerning uh, season passing leaders and MVPs and such, and even with the uh, other player coming in second in MVP. To me, that all stacks up, and it's going to make it go the other way. I'm going with the Chiefs plus one and a half. All right. uh, If you don't know what what, what that means, the MVP of the National Football League since the year 2000, 0-8 in Super Bowl games. The leading passer in the National Football League entering the Super Bowl, 0-6. The quarterback who has won the MVP... Head-to-head all-time. This is all-time. This goes back to the 1980s, y'all. The MVP going head-to-head with a quarterback who took second in MVP voting. 0-3. All-time. That is three going against. So you are you're riding that, huh? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, to me, it's all a, it creates a, a... Well, I was going to say double negative, but then we added a third one on there. So we'll just go triple negative, and it's all canceling each other out. I don't think that, that that's how it works. Yeah, well, it does in my head. All right. Sounded good when I thought of it. Uh, Danny Meringue, now give... is your time. <clears throat> now is your time to give your reasoning and lay it on us. I'm going to keep it simple. Fly, Eagles, fly. Okay. Why? Why? Yeah. That's because why. they are absolutely dominant mm. in both sides of the trenches. And 
the last time what was the last time a quarterback was able to overcome absolute dominance in both sides of the trenches yeah um uh, I mean no I can't remember I can't think of a time I but is it absolute dominance so think of I, this is the thing this is the thing right here is it absolute dominance in the trenches when you have the number one team in the NFL in sacks mm-hmm. and the other team's the number two with the most dominant defensive lineman in Chris Jones? I mean, I, and that to me is where I go, I don't know if it's absolute dominance in that regard. The flip side of that is that defensive line for the Eagles mm-hmm. against the Chiefs offensive line, which is the best defensive line in football against a good Rudin offensive line. And the best offensive line in football against a very good Chiefs front. Yeah. And the way I look at this as the 49ers are better in the trenches on both sides. Yeah. And the Eagles had zero issues with it. Yeah. They were they were able to slow down a pass rush that is a absolute monster yeah. in the 49ers. Yeah. And I don't think the Chiefs have that as good as they are. I don't think they have that kind of juice that the 49ers did. Yeah. You know. Look, Spagnuolo can be as creative and, and genius as he wants, but it's dudes. And I am just, I am going to ride with those nine guys yeah. or 14 guys as you, when you factor in the defensive line depth for the Eagles. And that to me, more than the quarterbacks, more than the skill position guys, it doesn't matter what iteration, what version, what era of football we are playing, more often than not, that is the biggest dictator in every single game. See, this is my here. This is a question that I, I honestly have, and this is uh, this is wh- where I'm going with with my pick. Which team has played better offenses this year? Not I'm not talking about the playoffs. I am so sick of the Eagles haven't played anybody in the playoffs. Who gives a rip? They played the teams that were in front of them. Those teams won playoff games too, by the way. And they hammered. In order to play the Philadelphia Eagles, and they won, and they won decidedly. They, they bludgeoned everybody. But if you go into the regular season, who are the best offenses that they played this year? Dallas. 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 Were they, they ended up ranked like number three, didn't they, in the in overall offense? Dallas Cowboys. Uh, you mean when they had Cooper Rush as their quarterback? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. And then the other and time then, they played them, they played with Gardner Minshew as their quarterback. Is their quarterback, which huh. changes that changes the outcome of a game yeah. quite quite dramatically. Then would you go Aaron Rodgers? How late in the season was that game? Week twelve. Yeah. Okay. Because the first day, eight nine weeks, they're not. Okay. Would you put in there? Oh, how about when they gave up a butt ton of yards and points to the Lions? Yeah. Week one? Uh, even though it's week one, I would still say yes, because that Lions offense was very good. We just yeah. did not know it yet. Yeah. They played the Jags in week four, which and was not that. They started off three and one, right? That was not the Jags team. That was not the Jags offense that we we know. They were far different then. They were, but they I were they were still recovering from Urban Meyer. Yeah, they were. That's true. Their offense was very slow to the game. They were three or uh, one in or two and one in their first three weeks. Uh, but 
if you look at the way that they've performed, and even against the Jags, they didn't perform very well. Like, this team, for as dominant as the Eagles are on the on the defensive side of the football, they give up points. They haven't against the, the third and fourth string quarterback of the uh, San Francisco 49ers or the very limited New York Giants, but they've gave up 34 against the Cowboys. They gave up 20 against the Bears. Against the Bears. Okay. 33 against that Packers team Mm -hmm. with Aaron Rodgers. Um, They gave up 32 against the Commanders uh, in their loss. They have, they've given up points. It's not like it has been this team that is shutting everybody out. In the playoffs, they've been really good. Yep. And if you want to say something about not giving up points in the playoffs, again, two teams that can't throw the ball what can this team do throw the football yep there is something to me that i just cannot get off of patrick mahomes and andy Reid. well yeah great I, offensive coach and an mvp and the, the two most important pieces of football are right there their pass rush as great as phillies is the second best in the nfl this year was the kansas city chiefs and that terrifies me. But depth matters. And if you want to talk about the team with the most depth, it's the Philadelphia Eagles. I think the Eagles win this game. I, I This game is going to be close. I think You're it, going Eagles. I'm going Eagles. I thought you were going to go Chiefs. Nope. Okay. I gave you the rope-a-dope. There you go. I am going with the Philadelphia Eagles. You sit there and you talk about complete teams. They don't get much more complete than what this Philly team is. That's not to say Kansas City is not a complete team. They are. This team is incredible. Patrick Mahomes is going to go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history. Andy Reid is one of the greatest coaches in NFL history. Both things can be true. That is going to keep this game insanely close. I'm going with Philly. Okay. I'm going with Philly because as I've laid everything out, schematically they can do it. They got dudes every single level playoff experience it matters a ton and you do have a ton on kansas city side but let's not forget they got some dudes in in philly that have been through this just five years ago winning a title with a different coach with a different quarterback uh they got a lot of those same faces on the eagles roster this year and they're very important faces they are jason kelsey lane johnson brandon graham They've got guys that have been through the fire before in Philly, and they've got it done. I'm going with the Eagles um, just with my – just as I think it through, but then as I take in you know, my own personal bias, the, the angel Tom Brady, you want to talk about some separation for Patrick Mahomes in this conversation. Thomas Edward Brady and his, his fists full of Super Bowl rings are going to be a heck of a lot more safe if Patrick Mahomes' career starts one and two in Super Bowls as opposed to two and one. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I'm excited for this game, though. I can't wait for this game. I, I think that if you are talking about having the best two teams standing over the course of this year, both of these teams have done everything that you could ask, wire to wire. You get the number one seeds, both meeting up in, in Super Bowl 57. Which you don't it's see awesome. very often. Yep. It's awesome. All right, uh, five. So our picks are in. We're going all Eagles. No, you got the Chiefs. I got the Chiefs, which right, bodes good. well for you guys. <laughs> the chefs. We're fading the rust. 
fade the rust. Yes. You remember the old Snickers commercial, the guy painting the field? Yeah. He paints chefs Dude, on the field. Great. That is great one of the great uh, commercials of all time. That, yeah. and they had the other one where the quarterback gets a concussion and he thinks he's Batman. Yeah. Who are you? I'm Batman. I'm Batman. <laughs> great Google. Yeah, the concussion commercial probably doesn't play as well today. No, that was funny back then. Yeah. Boy, times have changed. Mm, concussion's funny. Um, hey, it, was it a snub? How do they figure these things out? Mm. Danny Dusty on the fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink think what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Time was drifting. This ride got to roll. It's a Super Week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by George McCoy at Warren Allen, Attorneys at Law. On 1080 The Fan. All right, uh, Steph Curry, he no play in All-Star Game. Yeah, you got a broken wheel. That's got to be scary. Old guy getting hurt with muscle ligament damage. Yeah, tissue damage. That's never good. Uh, when you said broken wheel, he probably wishes that he broke a bone. He'd be back probably a little bit sooner. Um, but he's going to be gone for the all-star break, which means which means that they need all-star replacements. Kevin Durant, he's not going to be uh, in, in a, the starting role, not, nor will Zion Williamson, all three of those guys. So KD, Zion, and Curry all out for the all-star game. Mm-hmm. Which means that they need new three new players to go into the starter pool because they're going to do the draft where you have starters and then replacements. And then three replacements that fall up behind those guys. And so, yeah. So the replacements uh, for the starting lineup are Joel Embiid is in the starter pool. Which, yeah. Lori Markinen in the starter pool. Which, that's placating the home crowd. Yeah, but... Uh, but... but. There is a methodology to this. Ja mm. Morant in for mm. Steph Curry into the starter role. Um, and that's like, whoa, come on. How is this happening? I did some digging. I did some research. Ah. Because a lot of folks are like, why would you put, why would you not put Damian Lillard in right now into that starter pool? Never been a starter in the All-Star no. game. And um, has likely been the second best point guard in the NBA behind Steph Curry for like five, six years now. Yeah. Give the man his flowers. Mm-hmm. Let him do the thing. Apparently, they do it based on um, your weighted all-star ranking. Yes, there's the media vote, the fan vote, the coaches vote, but there's also 
Adam Silver can do whatever the hell he wants. Okay. But they did it by the weighted all-star rank ratings because I have them up right now. Mm-hmm. And Damian Lillard wouldn't even be the starter in the starter pool if uh, Luka even pulls out. Did mm-hmm. you know that? Mm-hmm. Because, because jo- he plays in Portland. Well, no. Do you, no, that's not it either. Because you know who would go in ahead of him? Mm. Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Shea did get an obscene amount of fan votes. So here's how the voting uh, 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 sorted itself out. The media, the the excuse, excuse me, the fan voting went Steph Curry one, Luca two, Jaw three, uh, SGA fourth. Okay, uh, and then fifth was Clay Thompson, sixth was Russell Westbrook, seventh was Damian Lillard, eighth was De'Aaron Fox. For the media vote, it went one Luca, two Steph. Three jaw, SGA went four, Dame went five. That's wild to me that the media put uh, Gilgis Alexander above Dame. But here's where here's the interesting one to me: the player voting. Luca one, Steph two, Jaw three, SGA four, Lillard fifth. Mm-hmm. It's like pretty clear cut. He was he's five in this pecking order of the West. Whether it's the fan vote, the media vote. Or the players themselves and how they voted on it. Where did he finish in the player vote? Fifth. He finished fifth in the player and the and the fan vote? Fifth in the player, fifth in the fan. Or no, fan he was seventh. Fifth in the media. Fifth in player, fifth in media, seventh in the fan vote. Interesting. Like it was in all of the guys who were in front of him, Steph, Luca, Ja, uh, Shea, all of those guys were in the player vote ahead of him. That that one is the surprising. Yeah, part the, to the me. player vote is, is surprising on that. SGA has a. When I saw his when the vote totals came in on the the fan vote, I was shocked. Yeah. Well, and do you want to know the here here with the player totals? Mm. The player vote totals. So total points tallied. Mm-hmm. Luca one forty nine. Mm-hmm. Big drop off to Steph number two at one eighteen. Okay. Then you take a bigger drop to Ja. 72nd, mm-hmm. or 72 votes. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, 62. Mm-hmm. Dame had 35. Wow. So it was, like, when you say it wasn't even close, Shea Gilgis-Alexander had almost double the votes from players than Damian Lillard. Which is crazy because, statistically, Dame has blown him out of the water. Yeah, it's, it's not close. Yeah, that's that's super interesting. So if you're thinking uh, snub, which is immediately like anybody that is watching the NBA at least for, for the last three weeks too, mm-hmm. because of the the hot streak that Damian Lillard's been, been on. the probably second best player in basketball over the last past three weeks. You have he, yeah, he's been a Western Conference Player of the Week for back to back back weeks. Not Western Conference Player of the Month though for January. <laughs> interesting, um, but he has a track record. He has been playing lights out. Yet, here we are with SGA from Oklahoma City, small market, um, a lot of those uphill battles. So uh, that that really just kind of makes me wonder, like, we all think it's a snub. How is he viewed outside of out of Portland then? You know, like that that's Which a legitimate weird. question because he gets a ton of respect. He has his own signature shoe from Adidas. And he's top, one of the top 10 jerseys every year. Like he's an yeah. international superstar. I, you know what? That is weird. 
and, and listen, I love Shea. I think SGA is an absolute monster player. And when I saw his fan vote numbers, I was blown away. Yeah. Because it doesn't really add up because he's in OKC. Nobody really sees him. But and, and here's the thing. They could have OKC a diehard fan base yeah. that votes super heavy online and those kind of things. And well, what's that say about Portland's fan base? Like, pick up the slack. Let's go. Well, look at where, look at how each franchise, their, their fans view their franchises right now. Yeah, there Portland's we go. kind of mired in what, which way are they? OKC, while they are a teardown team, they're trending up. Yeah. And when you trend up, the engagement is definitely different. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. It's actually a great point. Um, I get one every now and then. But Laurie Markkinen being the starter, I think there's where you have your hometown bias because uh, he was behind Anthony Davis, and they slid Anthony Davis um, back in Laurie Markkinen up. Although the fan vote is really what propped up Anthony Davis. He was third in the fan vote. He was seventh by the uh, players and sixth by the media. And Laurie Markkinen was fourth by the players and fifth by the media. So uh, the NBA doing Laurie Markkinen a solid, getting the, the Salt Lake City guy a a start in the All-Star game. Um, the replacements, though, uh, I, I have no issue with the replacements for that get slid into the game. Anthony Edwards, De'Aaron Fox, and um, Pascal Siakam. Yeah, no, I think those are, the, those are, is, those are all right. How is Siakam not an All-Star? Because Toronto's like Portland is kind of mired in it. The fan base is mm-hmm. is struggling. Mm-hmm. Oh, brutal. All right. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Uh, Siakam, this is his second All-Star game, but before this, he was a one-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA. <laughs> his career, Which means he so... missed another All-Star okay. game. Now, his career is maybe the quite opposite of Russell Westbrook, where Russell Westbrook's been, like, vaulted up and propped up, like, the, the entire way. Mm-hmm. And Siakam has been playing and sustained at a high level, right? Mm -hmm. The opposite. This is a question that popped up uh, around the trade deadline in my mind, and I want to bounce this off of you. I haven't asked you this yet. Mm. We all know Russell Westbrook will be a Hall of Famer. Absolute first ballot Hall of Famer. First ballot. I I despise the idea of Russell Westbrook and and a lot of the other like later career stuff. But as a player, as a contributor, as a all of those things, unquestioned first right. ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah, which makes this question that I have so so curious. Um, do you think it's like first ballot Hall of Fame material that a guy? Because I agree with you, mm-hmm. first ballot Hall of Fame material that a guy is traded five years in a row mm-hmm. on each year of his max deal because teams don't want him anymore. That's what he has done. In, he got, he's been on five teams in five years of his max deal. Two players from this era who were like that. The other one was a trailblazer. Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. And it is, the, 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 this is my theory. They are such tremendous players. They are so great, but they neither of them could accept reality. Yeah. Of, of their lack of immortality. That they were indeed mortal. And the things that made them great were gone. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they went quick. Yes, off a cliff. Yeah. And they just would not and could not change. And this it's not a shot at them in the sense of like not being able to change because most guys can't. The difference is most guys accept some change. Mm-hmm. They were not willing to accept 
any change until finally Russ was willing to come off the bench. Finally. But it was too little too late. Oof. And Russ, I mean, five is a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mello was only three, right? Yeah. Portland, L.A., OKC. Is there one else in there? Houston? No. Where else uh, was yeah, maybe Houston was in there. It wasn't there for two weeks. Um, but that that is wild to me. Five teams that won each year of his max deal at the end. And you know what? That could be the fire of another kind of bullet in the chamber for, um, oh, what do they call them? Something now. Governors. He's, he's, four, he's four teams post, like, prime. Yeah. Carmel Anthony. Portland, OKC, Los Angeles, and Houston. But he he's not, he's different from Russ in that somebody gave Russ a max deal still. And at least Mello wasn't playing. Mello was just trying to hang on anywhere that he possibly could and just kind of, like, kick him, kick around the league. I think it had more to do with the timing of yeah. when he got that deal. Yeah. He was older when he got his last deal. And that, that to me, though, is, is Russ where you go, whoa, dude. That guy's still getting paid a butt ton of money. That's well, what happens when you end those Supermaxes out, man. Yeah. But this may be that, uh, that, that other bullet in the chamber for governors now of the NBA that they can kind of sit there and look around and say, look, we now have we have a guy that was given a max deal fully guaranteed. How, how far are we going to go with this to not have any outs on our end? You know, when it comes to the next collective bargaining agreement and how much power the players have, because Russell Westbrook may be a prime example of that. But, I mean, ultimately what the players need to say is don't don't saddle us with the franchises making bad decisions because didn't we all see that Russell Westbrook style of play wouldn't age well? I mean, you said DeMar DeRozan, it will age well. His style will age yeah. well. Russ has never been a guy that he his never style shoot. has aged well. And then he shot lot. He lost what he did have. Yeah. Man. All right. <clears throat> 503-250-1080. That's a fan text line. Uh, here's Jeff Rust. He's got uh, uh, all sorts of sports center updates for you from around the world of sports and and entertainment and uh, sports. That's right now. Hello, yeah, it's been a while. Not much. How about you? It's a Super Week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by George McCoy and Warren Allen, Attorneys at Law. On 1080 The Fan. And I was thinking maybe later on we could get together for a while. It's been such a long time and I really do miss your See, this one, to me, this one just always has a feel of like a, an old, like early 80s, like sitcom opening theme credits. It's not? No. Really? Yeah. Like, this seems like it should be. Right? Yeah. Good old England Dan and John Ford Coley. Yeah, whatever, whatever you say. say. Yeah. <laughs> you just made up names. I did not. What did you say? England Dan and John Ford Coley. It sounded like you just named an English food dish. England Dan. <laughs> Hi, I'm Hillsborough Dusty. <laughs> you know what? I have to be. I have to derail something because the English food disc just reminded me of something. Do you watch uh, Great British Bake Show? No. Rust? Nope. My daughter does. It's fantastic. No. It's great television. I mean, I watch a butt ton of Food Network, but uh, listen, yeah, I haven't hit that one. Paul, Paul Hollywood and Peru, man, they kill it. 
Um, but they had a bunch of British people doing Mexican Week, and I have never in my life seen more egregious taco making. <laughs> they kept calling it a taco. Oh yeah. no! They did pico de gallo. Oh, oh no. boy! Didn't like know how to make tortillas. Like this is my quesadilla. Oh, it was. It was the whitest thing you've ever seen. I mean, it was atrocious. It reminds me of my I, wife's Idaho family calling that latest Disney, uh, Disney movie Encanto. Oh, ooh. Yeah. You want to watch the Encanto? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little bit of redneck more than anything. <laughs> but, I bet, but I bet you they could still do a decent taco. Mm. Well, listen. What is, it about, what is it about the Brits that uh, they can't cook? Anything. Because they want to boil everything. It, everything sucks. <laughs> that like I have been literally, I have been all over the world. There is not a more plain Jane ass food than the UK. Okay. Yes, you Ireland and Scotland can catch these hands too. My God, your food sucks. Mm. They deep fry or boil everything, and not like well, a good deep fry. I like no, Scottish no. eggs. <sighs> Scotch eggs. Oh yeah, Scotch yeah. eggs. Yeah. Well, yeah. Good old hard boiled egg, and then deep yeah. fry. You know, wrap That's it in sausage and German, deep fry it. Right. It's a little more Bavarian That's touch to it. Yeah. yeah. But Scotch like, I mean, you not got Scottish eggs. Sorry, you, you get haggis. Yeah, nope. no, thank you. Out. I'll go with the beans and toast. That's fine. Oh God. Yeah, I feel oh. like the plague ha- is is a lot to do with this. You, you think know? you would think people that like had everybody famine, wiped out. The famine, yeah. yeah, and you know what you would do? Celebrate. I got. I, I'm not living for a long time. Living for a good time. Eat better. Yeah. They did bring us fish and chips, though. Yeah. Have you, like, I mean, it's not great, though. It's, it's, it, I think we made it better. Yeah, like, we started doing yeah. it with fish that didn't suck. <laughs> All right. right. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm just like, I, I got, I got. I appreciate your passion. I like it. I just got very fired up by watching this <laughs> yeah. because they, what they did to what those did tacos was sacrilegious. Well, like, I mean, what you're, like, what you, the way you are describing <laughs> this is like they rubbed a taco shell on their armpits. They and then, might have. Served it to people, I, but you're just saying that they didn't spice it properly. They, like a, they, they failed to cook every single thing correctly. Okay, every part of the taco, from the tortilla huh. to the steak, the asada, to mm-hmm. making the pico de gallo, to okay. the the because um, they did like street tacos, okay. but they did street tacos like every single one of them they stuffed with like seven pounds, like they weren't like proportional, like nothing made sense. Okay, and the guacamole sucked. Like their guacamole was like well, cubed you didn't avocado. Taste it. You didn't no, taste it was cubed avocado. Did they call it guacamole? Yes. It. I was on. I was on tilt the entire episode. We're going down to the Charles Cheese to play guacamole. <laughs> oh god! Because you know. Well, you got to throw in his middle name too. It's well, Charles Entertainment Cheese. <laughs> yeah, because you know they're not calling him Chuck over there. They're yeah. proper. <laughs> Charles Entertainment Cheese. Hmm. But yes, All I right. I was like, what if that food tastes really good? And no, you just didn't know. No, okay, no, it can't look that bad. It tastes any like they're burning hand rolled corn tortillas. That's a tough look. Like they're legitimately they're they're panning the camera around to them and they're going, I don't know how long I'm supposed to cook this for. Like what? How are you on a cooking show then? I yes. <laughs> like they the thing was. They they ask people like as they're going around the room they're preparing like well I don't have Mexican food it's been a long time since I've had Mexican but then they're thinking like four different people like I've never had a taco before so what do they eat and I'm like I, I don't know bangers and mash what are you doing Tuesday 
Yeah, bangers and mash. Bangers and mash. That is a pretty cool name for a, uh, oh, a dish, and it's pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Sausage and taters, man. Yeah, I mean, okay, that's good. They probably boil the hell out of that. Yes, yeah, there too. you go. Yeah, and this yeah. thing is like, I everybody's like, well, you know, you're being here. We're, we're relatively close to Mexico, and globally, obviously, very close. But like, I'm not globally close to China, and I know how to make good Chinese food. Well, it's not hard. Hold on. Let's check in on the Chinese radio show that's talking about the Americans making Chinese food. I listen, I don't I don't make American it. I don't make Americanized Chinese food at home. Like I doubt uh, <laughs> so you say? I'm just I I I keep it I keep it 100 when I when I do the, the local varieties, okay? All right. I, what I, do you make then? What Chinese food do you make? I'm not making orange chicken. Mongolian okay. beef. That's actually a good one. It's what's mm-hmm. for dinner. But actually, you do it without frying it, traditionally. Right. Skirt steak. But, yeah, no, I just, eh, no. No. Okay. Well, sorry, Danny. Maybe we should just put a camera in your house, and you can have the cooking show. Take it away from Swag? The great... Um, Meringue um, Bake Off? The great Sir Yamhill County Bake Off. There you go. I'm baby. <laughs> Wine country. And how is, how is making tacos a bake-off? They 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 worked the tacos in with the tortilla, which was which was impressive. Okay, okay. but they, most of them managed to screw up with the tortilla. That's hard to do. Yeah, that's really hard to do. It's really hard to do. Well, I'm glad you hate watch that. I did. What other? I what, love this. What other I, things they screw up make you ha- mad? Happy uh, mad? The other ones don't make me mad because it's very hard to do. They have a bread week every every season. Well, tacos are easy, man. Yeah, I know, but then they have like very advanced level breads that have like multiple steps of proving, and uh, it's it's absolutely insane. And yeah, now I'm realizing why I don't watch it. Well, they don't. You don't. You aren't <laughs> watching for four hours to wait for it to prove. Watching this bread rise here. But no, like there's stuff that they do, man. It's truly incredible, and these are amateur, yeah. you know, chefs and bakers, and they do some stuff that will absolutely mm. like. There's been a couple people on the show have gone on and. Like started their own restaurant stuff like that. Obviously like not Mexican restaurants. No, they all sucked at it. They should never do it again. Huh? It uh, it was it was offensive. Mm. I like, wonder what what nations food America screws up the most. Chinese. You think? Yeah, because we we deep fry it all. And, I think and we, most uh, some would call that an improvement. <laughs> most most Chinese food is a lot more natural and like Southeast Asia. All okay. the county fairs would call that an improvement. Yes, it's true. Dang right. But yeah, I would say Chinese food. Uh, sushi too. Yeah, sushi's probably sushi. It. Sushi we butcher yeah. up. We we add a lot of. Like, I, there you go. There's my there's my offense. I do do the dunking. I do the mixture of uh, soy sauce and wasabi together in the bowl, yeah. and I dunk my sushi in it. Just slam just a it. heathen. Okay. Now not my nigiri though, but like the sushi roll, I will do that. Okay. All right. Well, um, that's talking food with Danny Meringue. There you go. I'm See, glad you're I'm the, one, I'm you the one who hot. needs the camera. Yeah, you got hot. Yeah, you got hot on that. Uh, well, well, you say that now. You don't. You haven't had a conversation with Swag about it. He, Is he still pushing for it? Yeah, he wants to do like cooking with Swag. Okay, on the radio with the camera. On the on the radio, he wants you all to listen to him cook. <laughs> yep. Sounds about like Colin Cowherd's radio show. Well, that's just mean. Well. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Coming up next, we, we send you off to Super Bowl 57. Danny and Dusty on the fan. <laughs>
It's a Super Week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by George McCoy at Warren Allen, Attorneys at Law. On 1080 The Fan. All right, we're finding out here, uh, Heather Dinich. You ever heard of her? Yeah, she's really good. I like Heather. I love Heather Dinich from ESPN. Mm-hmm. Not like that, Creeps. She's really good at her job. Yes, she's, she's fantastic. Uh, she's reporting uh, that Utah offensive coordinator Andy Ludwig is a finalist for the University of Notre Dame offensive coordinator job. Ooh, that'd that's, be a big, big, that's a big loss for Utah. That'd be a huge loss for Utah. Uh, Ludwig has been there for a really long time. Listen, he's been with Kyle for a long time, right? Uh, like well, 12 he's, years or so? No, 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 no. He was the uh, OC just for three years, but... Oh, I don't know, the three best years that they've had offensively. But he has bounced back and forth from Utah. to He's a former Oregon offensive coordinator, too, uh, early 2000s, 2002, 2004. And he's a Portland State guy. Go Vikes! Who is their defensive coordinator that's been on staff with them yes. forever? Yes. Okay, I, I get the two mixed up because I knew one of them had been there for a long, long time. Yeah, but he has uh, – Andy Ludwig is a super bright mind. He's kind of bounced around for a really long time, but – Unlocked they, Cam Rising. They found their footing. Um, I think you're thinking of Morgan Scally, and I, I don't know how long Scally's been there, but uh, it, I think it's been for quite some time. Um, but Ludwig, he is a guy that they've their offense has become multiple. It's very dynamic. He's a really good rhythm play caller. Uh, that would be a loss for Utah. Um, and going to Notre Dame would be it'd be great for Notre Dame. Now uh, he just like. I don't know. Funnel some of that money to Portland State football. Let's go. <laughs> get, Andy get, Ludwig. Give, give the Vikes a little bit of love. Yeah, man. That Notre Dame money hits different. It sure does. It sure does. Those those checks always clear. Yeah, yeah. The church makes sure of it. They'll pass the they'll pass the hat around mm-hmm. <laughs> at the next service if they're a little uh, yeah. If they're a little low on funds. Might, might, might twist a few thumbs. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so that there's your college foosball news. Also, the SEC's finally um, get, joining the rest of the college football world. They're going to play nine conference games. It's about damn time. Nine conference games when they expand to 16 teams come 2024. Which yeah, is when they, they were Texas able to get back into it because they ponied up $100 million in split money from the TV revenue. So they, mm-hmm. they will not give cash to the Big 12. Instead, the Big 12 will keep a hundred a little over $100 million that was endowed for both schools. Must be nice. To be able to say no to $100 million like it's nothing because you're going to go make that back tenfold in the SEC? Oh, yeah. yeah. If, you've, if you've been keeping tallies, this is the time of year where everybody's like releasing how much money and rights that they made. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out the SEC made a lot of money. Somewhere in the gajillions, <laughs> I assume. Yeah, I think it was, it was upwards of, uh, I think it was $50 million per school to their 14 schools. That would uh, equate to seven hundred and twenty-two million dollars that they gave that they made this past year. Oh, three quarters wow. of a billion dollars. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you want to put it like that, and that's on the old deal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, and it's going it's gonna double. Big Ten was right around there. I think they were upwards of. Uh, oh, I think they were over fifty this year. And their new deal that's expected to double. So the Pac-12, if you're wondering, uh, <laughs> Amazon is losing interest, uh, <laughs> and it oh, appears that there's a bidding war that the Pac-12 is in with 
themselves. <laughs> and then they have Amazon, and which wants one game a year, or a week, sorry, not a year. One game per week and ESPN. So not looking good. So if you're and wondering why no way Washington and Oregon are going to be sitting there in just okay no. with taking an even split, no. there is going to be they're they're going to they, honestly good. they're going to ask for probably sixty percent. So can we sum up the Pac-12's media rights uh, uh, negotiations as such? We ain't found. Sh- yes. Yes. Yep. That's it right now. And guess what? You ain't going to find it in Dallas or San Diego. <laughs> Yeah, Good. no, it's uh, gracious almighty. Yeah. Um, and so if uh, you want to look any further, it's a very hard job to be the Pac-12 commissioner because uh, Larry Scott did a very bad job at it. And George Klyovkov, he's trying, but he's dry, He's riding in the Tour de France on a Huffy, and that ain't going to do you too well, man. You're going to get lapped right now. Um, all right, Super Bowl 57, what are you looking forward to the most? I want to see just how impactful those 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 big hog mollies can yep. be on both sides. And then can Patrick Mahomes mm. spin it in a Super Bowl game? Yeah. Because like you mentioned, it was a 64. Yeah, his quarterback rating. Yeah, or, two, quarterback rating? two touchdowns four and picks. four interceptions in his Super Bowl career. Can he spin it? Let's uh, let's let's let's, let's, hit, let's see him have a game. Yep. 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 Um I I'm with you on quarterback health is a big one for mm-hmm. me and then it, this is when you have offenses that are built the way that these two are being so multiple. I'm really looking, I'm fascinated in how both of these defensive coordinators attack. And if you want to boil it down to, to two players, I want to see Hassan Reddick and Jalen Hurts for, actually, no, I'm scratching Hurts. I want to see A.J. Brown, uh, Hassan Reddick and A.J. Brown for Philly. And on the defensive side, uh, Chris Jones and his impact, if he will have an impact on this game. Remember, he got his first playoff sack in the AFC Championship game. And that was after Ever. 12 games, right? Uh, 13. 13. So I am I'm really interested in Chris Jones and his impact that he will have in this game. And then on the offensive side of the football, Travis Kelsey and what impact he will have because he has been everything for this uh, Chiefs team as far as a possession receiver, a big play receiver in the in the run game, in the pass game, uh, in how he is defended by uh, Gardner Johnson in in the secondary for Philly. Um, I, I'm this game. I am so excited for. I can't even. It's going to be good on good. It's going to be a clash of the titans. It's everything we could want in a Super and Bowl. Every, because of that, yeah. it's going to not be good. Yeah, it'll be a blowout. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> what are you looking forward to, Rust? I'm looking forward to see how big of a dent I can put in each of our currently slated five crockpots. Hey-o! That's five crockpots. Yes. Huh? Are they all your own? Yes. Did the ru- Jeff? That's not even all of them that we have. We, you- there's still a couple extras, too. You know you can re-gift those as wedding gifts. Right? Oh, no, there's no need. We use them. <laughs> The quickness, which you're like, no need. No, no, no. The man can't get rid of a Christmas tree or a crock pot. I've learned those two things. <laughs> this week, that is what I've learned of one Jeff Russ. All right. Oh, my To be goodness. fair, one of the crock pots, it's like that buffet-style, like, triple crock pot. So. Why is that fair? That means you need two less crock pots. Yeah. yeah, well, I'm just saying, you know. So we got the triple, and then we got the football one, and then we have the regular crock pot. We still yeah. have to, we might have to bust out the smaller, like, dip crock pot, too. 
Jeff Russ just described upper middle class problems <laughs> <laughs> right there. <laughs> Got to find a spot for my dip crock pot. So yeah. many crock pots. All right, everybody, have a great Super Bowl week, and we'll be back Monday from noon to three to break it all down. Um, have a have a great weekend, all right? Yeah, have some money. Bye. Giant bag of meat. Take it in the back and. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.